Welcome to No Sanity Required, and today we're going to be talking with Katie Cousins. Katie Cousins is a professional soccer player and also one of SWO's very own, and uh, and it's going to be, I think you'll enjoy the episode. We sat down at my kitchen table. Katie has lived with us, kind of based out of our house over the last couple of years, last few years, spent her college career at the University of Tennessee, Go Vols. I know that makes all the other SEC people, especially Georgia and Alabama people, mad. But um, SEC fans are obnoxious. Maybe only second to uh, Ohio State fans. They're the most obnoxious and least enjoyable. I know Robbie Jacks listens to this show, and he's an Ohio State fan. We love all of y'all, but we especially love Tennessee women's soccer. And uh, Katie's our favorite all-time Tennessee soccer player. Katie's uh, just signed a contract to play for the Angel City Football Club, which is – the women's major league soccer um, in, in America, women's professional soccer league, um, that's that's the Los Angeles team. And um, so it's exciting, uh, exciting season. I'm excited for you to, to listen to our conversation. And then also, Katie was uh, – the, the thing that I thought was so helpful and insightful and that I've been able to watch play out in her life is the way that Katie uses that platform – for the gospel, and it's something that we can all learn from. So I hope you'll enjoy it. Welcome to No Sanity Required, from the ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. People that listen to, uh, people listen to NSR, one of the things that I want them to feel like is, I think I said this to you. Is I want them, I want them to feel like they're just sitting here in my kitchen, you know. Hello, hello over there. <laughs> On the other side, little pumpkin decorations. Imaginary friends. Mm-hmm. Which can be disturbing. You should have seen her doing the nose swab. She's like, "Oh, I'd rather get the throat swab." I'm like, "Nope, I'd rather do the nose swab." <laughs> she was sitting there like, it. She had it maybe halfway. The little uh, pad thing up her nose. And I'm like, Little, you have to go farther than that. <laughs> Wait, you did it yourself? Yes. Hey, so this morning. Thankfully, not too far off. This, <laughs> this morning, we're standing here in the kitchen. And kids get ready for school. And I said, Little, you know, uh, you got to get your COVID test today to, to travel to Africa. What's that test called? It's different than the normal. PCR. PCR. I guess it's just a, a more intensive lab test or whatever. But I was like, you got to get your PCR test today. She said, I know. I said, you know. I said, you know it's a rectal exam. <laughs> she, said, she, said? she spun around. She said, no, it's not. And I said, it is. And she said, it is not. It's a drive through exam. I said, I know. It's really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Through the window. <laughs> she, she For just a minute, I had her going. And she's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> anyway. All right. So are you getting excited about Africa? Katie's going to be going uh, – so Katie and Little, the reason Katie had to go get a COVID test today is because Katie and Little are going to go visit Kilby, and our listeners are familiar with Kilby. That's my oldest daughter. Kilby has been on the uh, podcast, and Greg, her husband's been on the podcast, and they are serving in East Africa. Serving with a group of people called the Lugbara. The Ugandan people group they're working with are the Lugbara. And then they also work with a lot of Sudanese refugees, and they're from the Dinka tribe. You see, uh, you see the pictures of the boys mm-hmm. in their group. That one boy six nine. 
can tall, make me feel real short. Five zero. <laughs> He's six nine. About yeah. two feet taller. I want to see a picture of that. And that, so uh, they all they do is play soccer. And, I know, and I'm Bible said it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And those boys are so excited about y'all coming. Yeah, it, Greg was telling me he was like, I keep telling them that you're coming and you play soccer, and they're really pumped. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Those kids. It's like this in most of the world. And you've seen it because you've traveled with soccer. But people live, I mean, that, their whole world revolves around playing soccer. Yep. And, I mean, they'll, like I remember when I was a little kid, we I'd go to high school football games and we would, you know, those little footballs they throw out at halftime. Mm -hmm. The first half of the game, me and my buddies would all, this is like elementary school, we'd go behind the home stadium, home bleachers, and we'd play football with a cup with a bunch of cups. We'd make, we'd make a cup ball. We'd play football. Then at halftime, we'd figure out a way to get one of those little balls off somebody, the little teeny plastic footballs. Then we'd have that to play with. And uh, any time when I was growing up, football was – American football is what everybody's – every boy was playing around here. And if we had any downtime, we would play football. And we're if it was bad weather and we're inside, me and my brother would play knee football in the hall in our house, we're just basically tackling each other yeah. up and down the hall, which usually turn into a fight. Yeah, oh yeah, one hundred percent of the time. Or we play paper football. You ever play that? Where you flick it? Yeah, we play that lunchtime at school. Uh, it's the best. So uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I was uh, defending back to back third grade Miss Trantham, fourth grade Miss Stamey, Bethel Elementary School paper football champion. Hey, you got. <laughs> you're you're an accomplished athlete, Katie. You should appreciate. <laughs> take what you can get. You take what you can get. Not everybody, not everybody from Bethel Elementary School can say that from from forty years ago. Correct. But I can, I can. So I'm proud of that. Just <laughs> accomplishments, you know. Um, we're not going to compare athletic accomplishments and achievements, but just we we're going to throw a couple of mine out there to start this thing off. So. Um, but yeah, the way we would always play football everywhere you go in the world, soccer's like. It's fun. It's fun, and it's global. I love it. Russia, like like anywhere in East Asia. When I was in Iceland, they a whole big group of old men would come in their lunch break to our stadium and play for an hour, go right back inside, change real quick, and go back to their jobs, just because they like playing. They just love to it's play. Mm -hmm. So let's start. Let's let's get into how soccer became a thing for you because. Um, you know, American kids, most American kids going to start off and play soccer or like t-ball, baseball, softball. Did you play – what else did you play when you were real little? Mm. Was it just soccer? No, I – well, I did swim team when I was in South Carolina. And then I did karate for a long time. Me and my oh, dad did. Right. And then I played all the other sports with my dad, but I didn't play on a team until I moved to Virginia. So I played basketball for a long time. Okay. I think that was it. How? Um, okay, so you're born when you're born. You're born in South Carolina. Yeah. And then, what? How old were you when y'all moved to Virginia? I was ten, going on eleven. Because when I met you, you were a junior or senior in high school. Junior. Uh, yes. Just finished your junior yep. year. Going into senior year. And you came to Snowbird as a camper, mm -hmm. and you were a brand new believer. Yeah, pretty new. Yeah. Because you did not grow up. Um, as a believer in, in a Christian home or going to church or um, good, good moral family, good people, but like not people of the Christian faith who Jesus was their thing. Yeah, no, my mom was raised Jewish, so definitely not on that side, but my dad was raised in the church. Mm. So I have like 
just a couple of small memories as a little kid going to a church and then a few memories at night reading the Bible with my dad. Mm. But other than that, not really. Yeah. Any memories of it. Okay. And then you moved to from South Carolina to Virginia when you're 10 or 11. And at that point, you're playing. You, so so walk me through your childhood. Um, what, what was your childhood like? What was home like? And then what was how much of your life revolved around playing soccer? Uh, so started playing soccer when I was four. And then, I mean, I'm obviously still playing. But home life, I mean, two good parents. Um, and then I got an older brother, younger sister. And, yeah, I mean, pretty tight-knit. Uh, family that we all love each other a lot, and mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. Um, but then when we moved to Virginia, I started playing. I played my whole club level, so probably around 8 to 18. I played two years up for just a teeny bit, and then I played a year up until all of those guys graduated high school. So I played up the whole time and became pretty competitive when – I'd say when I moved to Virginia, started playing pretty competitively, and at that point it was like, okay, I'm pretty good at soccer. Um, so my parents started driving me other places, and uh, maybe middle school really, really started getting into it. And at that point, that's when I started training a lot more because in my childhood I didn't. It's weird. You think, oh, man, this person's good at this sport. They must have grew up always playing it. But I wasn't like that. I Love playing football with my dad and baseball, and we go play tennis. And so I love playing all the other sports too. Um, but then probably middle school started getting really competitive, and then high school definitely really competitive, and hmm. in and out of youth national teams, and at that point committed to college to play. And so you're when you say played up, so like you're 12, you're playing with 14 year olds. Yeah. So I. Yeah, so, so Sam was supposed to play on a U13 team. I was playing on a U14 team. So mm-hmm. my last year in high school was my first year playing with kids my age. Oh, wow. Which, it's not that much different, but uh, yeah, but at a younger age, it was different. Yeah, and, and kids develop at different rates and paces. And so, I know, I went, there was a kid, so now it's real popular in, in like, public school kids will they'll they'll sit out a year yeah in middle school so that when they get to high school they they're a year older in the same grade or whatever and that's super common now because it is a year of development in your adolescent years your teen years that's a lot i mean yeah um so you're playing up and that's i think two things are happening one sounds like you're you're naturally gifted the lord's given you this gifting but then it's getting honed because you're not playing. Because what happens a lot of times, you'll see kids, I see this here in the local sports, uh, guys will, will, will hold their kid back in a grade so they can play with younger kids. Mm-hmm. You know, And so now they're dominant. Like I know guys at our local high school here that are a year older than most of the kids in their grade. And so it gives them a little bit more. Yep. They're better. They look better, but really they're not. Because they're playing with younger kids, so you're playing up. You're doing the opposite. Yeah. And I find that um, I find that in sports, someone who's really legitimately good at something, when you move them up to higher levels of competition, they 
excel more. Yeah, it should raise the level. That's right. And playing, I know in soccer it's really good to train with boys. And so I, I think my first travel team, I actually played with boys. Mm. Um, and then after that, I didn't train that much with boys. But at a young age and at that age, that was actually really good for me in my development mm. as well. And when you're playing with boys today, did you find that they would not take you as serious or keep the ball, you know, not not give you the ball, or was it you have a pretty good experience? Uh, to be honest, I don't have a lot of memories of it. Yeah. But when I hear my parents talk about it, I don't think it went super great. Yeah. Because I was a girl, yeah. and I was, I think they said that I was doing really well for them, and I think that was maybe maybe not, maybe a little intimidating. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I remember Little talking about that because Little played, you know, she played on the club team and played college soccer. Um, and I, she was, I remember her saying she got on this boys team and was one of the better, one of the top two or three players on the team, but they just wouldn't give her the ball because she's a girl. Yep. Like, that's boy insecurity. <laughs> yeah. And then I... I mean, I trained with the local boys team in college a little bit too, and they were a lot better, but my uh, coach's son was also on the team, and so I don't I don't know if they just weren't like that because they knew who I was, but mm-hmm. they were a lot better. I remember that. I remember when you were doing that. I, uh, my favorite – so you've, I bring this story up all the time. <laughs> my favorite story is when – so Katie and Little, my wife, and who else was in that? It was uh, – Sean Clark. Sean, because it was co-ed thing, and then it was another lady. I don't, I didn't, we didn't know her. It was like a co-ed three on three. It was three on three. Uh, little yes. soccer. It was like the small goals. Three or five. Three Can't or five, remember. and short field, no goalies. Yeah, like a tournament. I don't know if it was a fundraiser or what. But anyway, it was I don't know an hour from here. Supposed Nothing. to be just fun and relaxing. <laughs> not for that one guy. Not for that guy because <laughs> you were dominant. So this guy, I found out later, this guy was like, you know. He's probably 30 years old. When he was in high school, he's like the dominant soccer player of his little 1A high school. Then he got a you know beer belly and a bum knee and still had to play pickup soccer. And, and their team was, I guess, one of the better ones at this little tournament. And then Katie and Little and Sean and this gal, Amy, and her husband, I forget his name, but y'all were dominating their team. And main, what I mean by that is you were dominating this guy. And <laughs> – and he was so mad, and he was he was getting so mad. And so what he starts to do, because you heard Katie say earlier, she's five feet tall. This guy's probably 6'1", and he's like, you know, right, over 200 pounds. So he starts bullet trying to physically bully A lot more than me, her. yeah. But you were like so athletic. You're like leveraging his weight. You made him fall down once. It was hilarious. And so then the guy – just starts playing dirty so then we start heckling him <laughs> no you start heckling him i started heckling him talking trash <laughs> which made it worse i apologize for that and then sean got mad and then, so then sean got mad because the guy was so worked up at my heckling that he started to play <laughs> dirty and be foul and yeah it just intensified and oh it's all fun and games until the chubby Washed up, has been high school standout athlete with a bum knee gets mad because, and at that time you had just come back from playing on the under twenty national team in the World Cup. Yep. <laughs> and then when that guy finally, when he found out, just trying to have some fun, just having a good time. We're we're all having a good time here. Um, yeah. So uh, when I met you, you were going into your senior year, uh, and with soccer, 
your club team is much more important than your high school uh, school team. Yep. And so you were getting recruited from your club team. By the time I met you as a – finishing up your junior year, you were already committed to go play at the University of Tennessee. Yeah, I committed August going into my sophomore year. So pretty that's really, really early um, in women's soccer. Um, but I – You knew. Yes. And like you said earlier, your family – I know, and I know all of Katie's family and just, just – good sweet sweethearted people and i think having that just solid support and yep this is what i'm gonna do i know this is the right thing i think i think your coach at tennessee he who i know he's an awesome guy brian's an awesome dude he had really cultivated and developed a relationship with you yeah it was such an important thing and we talked about last night how my talking about tucking recruiting all that stuff Mm -hmm. it's funny my parents were like yeah we knew you're gonna pick tennessee and Never said anything because they wanted it to be my decision, and they'll just be there supported, and as well as my siblings too. Um, but yeah, they they were great about the whole thing, and yeah, Brian's awesome, and wouldn't change going to Tennessee at all. I yeah. could do it over. Yeah, and you had an incredible career at Tennessee's, uh, some accomplishments that Katie wouldn't brag on herself, but I mean, what you were you were named to the All SEC team multiple times, All American team twice. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of your college career, um, you went and played. You took you redshirted a year and played in the under twenty World Cup for the U.S. Women's National Team. Yep. So an incredible, I mean, an incredible career. If your career was over now, it would be an unbelievable resume. Um, you you finished your career um, in Tennessee women's soccer had a great year this year. Yeah, they were really really fun, and they're. I think they only lose one person. That's uh, crazy. Maybe one or two more, but, yeah, they were really fun, and they're going to be really good, I think, the next two, three years. It was fun watching that game with you, the mm-hmm. SEC Championship. Yeah, I was pumped up. I was so happy for them. It was them. so fun. Yeah. And, but your year, I think your junior year, was y'all did really well. It was like the best season they'd had in a while. Yeah, we – Made it to the Elite Eight. Yeah, that was – Tennessee's never done that before, so that was pretty cool to – be a part of that history making and mm-hmm. that was just a a really really fun group to play with it was yeah it was great it was fun to watch y'all I loved going at, I think I got to go to five games I went to five games and and then watched a lot of um a lot of internet stuff but uh and I went to six games because I ended up going to a game your last year that I hadn't planned on going in the last minute we went but I loved going to those games it was like such a it's a good crowd, mm-hmm. you know, good atmosphere. People were really behind it, and I learned a lot. You know, I didn't know a lot about soccer, so that was cool. Um, just learning about it, and so you came out of your senior year, and at that point, you're looking at. I remember you had an agent. You're looking at overseas contracts and opportunities, and then COVID hit. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I also had that calf surgery. Oh, yeah, that yeah, November, yeah. and it was going to take a few months to heal up and started getting recovered and training at Tennessee with the team in their off season, and finally starting to really train and get my way back to a good fitness level. And then, yeah, COVID hit. And like everyone else, just kind of messed up plans, which mm-hmm. is fun. Um, but, yeah, I was hoping to go somewhere, um, like get stuff figured out in April and May that year. Mm-hmm. And then it was completely off the table. Yeah, the whole – I mean, the world stopped 
sports in the world stop. I mean, they canceled the Olympics that year. Yeah, and I remember I was I remember being in Knoxville, being like, I have no idea what to do. Like I had friends help me like financially be able to buy food for myself, and my mom was helping me to rent, and because I thought I would have had a job by then playing soccer, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man. And then summer started up. You guys said y'all were going to have summer. So I came there and just helped out before staff training. And I remember, okay, well, I'll stay and help out with staff training. And then we talked and you said, come work for the summer and mm-hmm. stayed all summer. And so that was that was really a blessing to be able to come that summer. Yeah, that was summer of 20. And then help me remember, so when Katie's, in the area here, she stays with us most 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 of the time. She stays here at our house. She's like our sixth kid, and which we love. But I'm trying to remember the fall of 20. When did things start? When did you start getting traction for your next move, which we're going to talk about, which was playing in Europe, playing on an Icelandic team. Well, summer of 20, uh, my agents were trying to work for me to get to Spain. And I had it lined up to go try out. It wasn't a job. It was just a tryout. But I couldn't travel unless I had a job. And so I couldn't ever get over there. And then it was like, okay, well, I'll just intern. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, it's like, man, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to keep playing soccer. Yeah. Had like a, I mean, you know, a small freak out moment in the mm-hmm. summer. Like, oh, my gosh, this is all I've ever done. Yeah, it was intense. I don't know if this is going to keep going or not or what's up. Um but then in January I started, I stopped working at camp to go back to Knoxville and train and um, drove all the way to Kansas City to do a tryout, which then got snowed out. Oh, yeah. And I drove all the way back the next day. And then yep. that day, Brian at Tennessee reached out to a coach in Iceland who was looking for Americans. And he called me the next day mm-hmm. and said, want to come play? I was like, sure. I remember that. Why that was not? crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was like. Uh, what in the world just happened? This is so random, but yeah, let's do it. And I remember you talking about the importance of like the the longer you were removed from the game, the less marketable you were to yeah. scouts and coaches, and um, which is crazy to think about. But that got you back in the game. Yes. So, hey, so Iceland, that mm-hmm. wasn't on the radar. You end up in Iceland, but you know, I know we were we joked a lot about people here. I know when we thought about, you know, when I would think about Iceland up until a few years ago when I met somebody from there, I thought, you know, like Nordic Viking, you know, sled <laughs> <Yeah>. dog mushers. <laughs> and <laughs> But it's real, mo- like, uh, Reykjavik, Reykjavik? Reykjavik. Reykjavik mm-hmm. is the big city. Yep. Capital. And it's the capital and the majority of the population of the country live in Reykjavik. Yep. And it's a very modern European city, essentially. Yeah. Like like London or Paris or smaller, but but like, or in, in American size, if you're in a scale, it'd probably be like Charlotte or maybe Chattanooga. Not yeah. not New York or Chicago, but a big city. It's at, this, at the same time, it's a big, all the, all the big city life and amenities. Yeah. And so, and soccer is king there. Yeah, they, they love it. That and like handball. handball. They love handball. Yep. Handball's big in Scandinavian countries, in Iceland, Greenland, Scandinavian countries, Norwegian countries. It's, it's interesting. Um, 
Yeah, I had a a girl who came to Tennessee to play from Iceland. She came for uh, that offseason that I was talking about where I went and trained with them, mm-hmm. not in school anymore. And I remember telling her, like, man, I would ne- I'll probably never go to Iceland. <laughs> and here a year later, I'm moving to Iceland, which was fun. I got to play against her three times. You did. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, did you see her? Yeah. Did she stay? Is she at Tennessee now? Did she stay at Tennessee? No, she ended up going home and – she plays for a really, really good program in Iceland. Um, you, so she's stayed there permanently and just plays. Okay. But you explained to me there are a lot of people that play Division One soccer in America or Division Two or Three or NAI mm-hmm. that will then go over there because the way the seasons coincide and overlap, they'll go back over there and play in the summer. Yeah, we had th- three girls who came – they don't make it for the start of the season, but they can make it after about a month mm. and then play end of May, June, July, and then usually they'll go back for preseason oh. in August, which is it's so great because they grow up with these girls and then they move across to the States. So they get to come home and mm-hmm. play with their friends, and it helps our team out. Yeah. And it keeps them in shape and playing soccer. So pro soccer in Iceland, that's a world that not many people know about. I definitely did not. <laughs> I didn't either. But it was a fun, it was a great experience. Yeah, I had a really good time. Really good time. Love my club. Um, I really, really enjoyed my team a lot. They were really fun. A uh, group of girls, and yeah, I just I had a really good time there. That's cool. And I, we're going to come back in just a minute when we finish the, walking through the soccer career. We're going to come back in a second and talk about um, really what, what the thrust of this, I want this conversation to be the, the last few minutes is gospel impact, ministry platform, using your gifts and your talents, you know, for the Lord. But um, what is the pinnacle of women's soccer? So what is everybody like, like if someone's saying, I want to get to the top. So like in baseball, I know that in baseball, there's the, what do they call it? The single A, double A, triple A. I'm not a big baseball guy, but Mm -hmm. I know there's three levels. I think triple A is the big one, Yeah, I think. And then single A is the small one or vice versa. But I think that's right. So, but your goal is to play in the major leagues. And, uh, you know, in race car driving, the goal is to, to drive in the biggest, whatever, you know, I used to, when I was growing up, it was called the Winston Cup. And I think it's now maybe the Nextel Cup, whatever it is. And I don't know. I, I don't either. But people listening know what I'm getting at. Like, <laughs> y'all know what I'm saying. you got, like, local tracks, and then you've got regional circuits. But there's the ultimate where you're driving for the, you know, the, the big championship. Yeah. NFL football, you don't have American football. You don't have the same thing, really. You got college, and then that's it. But pros, but in but in soccer, women's and men's soccer, there are different levels of professional soccer. A lot of times, that's regional in the world. So, like in Spain, there's multiple levels. In yeah. in Europe, multiple levels. What's like like ultimately the pinnacle of playing soccer? If you're a professional, if you're a woman who plays professional soccer, like this is going to be your your job, your career. What's the ultimate league to play in? Um, I say what would even top a league is playing for your country, in first the, off. So, like, in international competition? Yes, playing okay. for your country in, like, a World Cup or Olympics. So okay. I, I think that would top even just playing in a league. That's the ultimate. But then in a league, I'd say between, uh, like, England has a really good league. United States has a really good league. Um, the top teams in Spain and France are really, really good. 
Um, Sweden has a really good league. So there's so, a couple countries with some pretty good leagues. So as an American, then, it, it would seem getting into the American league would be the ultimate, probably the ultimate goal, unless you just wanted to play overseas. Yeah. But you did the overseas thing in Iceland, and so your goal was to get back here and play in the American Professional League. At some point, yes. At some point, and the Lord's now opened that door. Mm-hmm. You, you, I will say this, because Katie's modest. Katie absolutely dominated that league in Iceland. <laughs> I want to watch that. You would send us those highlights, and we would put it up on the, you know, we'd mirror it on the big TV downstairs, and like watch it three or four times in a row. We'd back up the the one play where you're coming up, so you play your your center midfielder is your position. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a lot of soccer, a lot of people listening that know soccer. So and the center midfielder is not an offensive player, not a defensive player, uh, a little bit of both, but it's it's more the versatile utilitarian position. And so, opportunities are going to be there to score, but you're not not like a, a forward player, someone that's playing that forward yeah. position. It's not all the time. You sometimes, you, yeah. So, but more like a um, quarterback. Yeah. If, if if you're going to relate it there, so you're coming up the middle, like you're coming towards the goal on the right side of the box, and somebody sends the ball from behind you, and you you volleyed it in one motion. You turn mm-hmm. and volleyed it in. Yeah. I bet we watched that play ten times. That's a. Uh, Soccer people know I'm talking about. That's a dream shot. Hitting a volley like that, clean, a, is yeah. a good feeling. And I'm not a soccer person, and I was so impressed. You know when something happens like you can, as an athlete, you can appreciate, like if you watch somebody do something and you don't know anything about that sport, but you go, uh, okay. That was nice. That was impressive. Yeah. I'm watching that, and I'm going, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's like That's like sports center worthy. Yeah. Um, is there a place people can see those highlights? Um, my phone. <laughs> Instagram or anything like that? Uh, I think my agency posted a end of the season. Can we post the links small, to that? Yeah, small highlight video. Okay, we'll post uh, Katie's highlight video in the episode um, notes. Um, are you on Instagram? Because mm-hmm. I'm not, so that's why I ask. I am. And people can find you on Instagram. Yeah. Where else? Twitter. Okay, but Instagram's the main one where they could see. But, like, do you post um, Do you post any plays or, like, highlight-type stuff on Instagram, or is that more just personal stuff? No, yeah, I don't usually post my <laughs> highlight stuff. Okay, so it's not we'll my... link. Well, yeah, I get that. I mean, I get it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you don't... I posted a photo of me chopping wood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you're... Your your world's being opened up. Living at Snowbird, you're nope. the uh, you're you're the second professional athlete that that came here to. Li- no, you're the first. Hank is the second. You beat him here. Yeah, I beat him here. Yeah, you beat him here. Um. So, well, yeah, we'll put we'll link the uh, that highlight. Uh, that'll be fun. People enjoy watching that. But that brings us to where we are right now. So so you get a call. Yep. You're in Iceland. Mm-hmm. I think first you got a call from a team in Spain. That team you're playing for in Iceland, it's not a, t- a top-tier team. It's it's somewhere in the middle. It's a stepping stone, basically, for you in yeah, your career. It, it's a really young club, which is crazy because the season we had really put us in that top level in, in Iceland. Um, but, yes, it was – I feel bad saying it about the club, knowing 
how much I love those guys and how much they supported me and wanted me to come back. But it really was the plan was to go play a year, get in shape, get seen, get back into soccer, and then move on. Okay, yeah, and I keep saying team, but club is more. That's what that that's soccer talk would be club. Yeah, yeah, there are yeah, not taken away from the the elite nature of what those girls do. I mean that those gals guys and gals in that in that club and in that league are phenomenal athletes. But but again. Realistically, we're talking about getting to the tip of the spear. Yeah. If the ultimate goal would even be to play on the national team, the 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 path, the pipeline there is to play in the most elite level. Yeah. An American, the American women's soccer world is as elite in the world as it gets. Yeah, it's up there. It's and it's so cool because I live in that country. So yeah, the opportunities are there. Yep, and this is yeah, it's your homeland. There's no, it's it's natural. So you get you get looked at from some higher level European teams, um, and there, if, I think I'm if I remember this right, there was like there would have to be like a contract buyout or something because they were coming after you in the middle of the season or something like that. Yeah, we had because I I really really wanted to go play in Spain internationally, and it's great because my agent is based out of Spain, so he has connections and he found a team that was willing to offer and they sent an offer and but I was mid-season in Iceland so the club has to release me or the Spanish team or club has to be willing to spend enough money to buy me out but I I figured this would happen and I'm not mad that it happened but the club obviously said no I couldn't go because I would miss the last third of the season for mm-hmm. Iceland and mm-hmm. we were on track to have a really really good mm-hmm. year for the club like best ever yeah, I mean, we made it to that, the country tournament, made it to the finals of that, which has never happened before, mm-hmm. men's or women, for that club. Wow. And it was a big, big deal mm-hmm. that we made it. Mm-hmm. That's so exciting. And so so they said no, and I figured they would, and I was like, eh, I'm not going to be mad about it. I get to spend three more months here and be with these guys and just enjoy my time here while I have it. And then at what point in those three months did – things start to potentially open up for this next move? I think it was probably the last month I was there. My agents were talking about um, this new team that's opening up, the club here in the States, and um, their their interest in me as a midfielder for their team. Mm. But it didn't. The bulk of that didn't really happen until I was back in the states. Once you got here, yeah. yeah. So what's that next move look like? What what opportunities now in front of you? You you've signed a contract. Yep, I signed a two year contract to play for Angel City FC, which is based out of Los Angeles. It's and the uh, Los Angeles Pro Team. Yep, in the NWSL, so that's a big deal. National Women's Soccer League. National Women's Soccer League, and that's that's the highest level in North America you can play in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, brand new team, fresh start for this club. And I say fresh start, like just brand new start for this club. And inaugural season coming up. Yeah. And I'm really, really excited because there's I – don't, I don't know if there's any expectations on this team or not, but in my head I'm like, no, there's no expectations. We're a brand new team. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping we just kind of go kill it. Mm-hmm. It was a blank slate. Yeah. The 
um, what is the the men's club? Is the LA Galaxy? Yeah, there are three teams. There's three LA teams. Yeah, there's Galaxy, LAFC, which will share a stadium with them. Really nice one. And then I think a team called Chivas. Are they in the same MLS? Yes, they're all in the MLS. All three, and they're all in LA. Yeah, it's um, wow. I mean, it's a big population. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they love soccer down there. Mm-hmm. That's another reason I'm excited to play there because mm-hmm. I think we're going to, as the only women's team in L.A., we'll get a good following, I think. Man, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, so that, that gets us to where you're at now. Let's talk about I, – I want to I start into what this has looked like for you using the gifts God's given you um, and, and the opportunities he's provided – Combined with your hard work, I think I think it's important that people understand there's a couple things happening. Uh, one is you are very gifted from the Lord, so he gave you that ability. But you also worked really, really hard. Like you, you gave your life to this pursuit. And now the Lord has blessed that stewardship of the gifts he's given you, and he's opening doors. So now we're back to, so it's, the Lord has gifted you. You've used what He's given and stewarded it well, and now God's opening doors for you to walk through. And and so, how do you, when you look back at your journey, of course there have been, you know, there's there's regrets. Where man, I wish I would have been more faithful here, or share the gospel there. But for the most part, um, what's it look like to use your platform? Because you've done it really well. I've seen. I've watched it. We've walked this with you. I know what I was. I was going to say a while ago. I want you to go back. Do you remember a conversation we had where you were literally questioning if you were supposed to stay in the game of soccer? Do you remember that? You were maybe, I want to say you are maybe like 19 or 20, 20, 21. So before I went to U-20s? Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. So you're getting ready to go play in the, the U-20 World Cup. I remember it was down there by the fire pit. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this, but this is, I think this is the Lord giving you a credible platform that yeah. the only people that can go here are people that have the ability to go here. And this morning we are talking about it's it's so admirable when somebody goes to the mission field and as the father of a, a missionary in a third world context, I, I appreciate and value that so much. But anyone who who's willing to say yes to the Great Commission can can go either with an organization or there's avenues for anybody. You cannot go play at the highest level professional soccer because you want to. Yeah, everything has to line up. The Lord has to open the doors. You have to have the ability. You have to work hard. It's been this has been a journey that we've heard now goes back to when you're like a little girl, mm-hmm. and now you're a grown woman, and it's been your life journey. What do you do with that? Like, like, what does it look like for you to use this platform? Because more times than not, you are if you're not the only believer, you're in a tiny minority. Yeah, I try to have the mindset of, yeah, reminding myself that, like, the way the Lord's wired my brain, in a way, has helped me so much be a good soccer player. Because a lot of it is, you got to be smart when you play the game, you know? And so he's wired my brain in that way. And then, and then through conversations with you guys, just reminders of, like, Man, yeah, like he has wired me to be a really good soccer player. And am I going to use that gift or am I not going to use that gift? And 
Yeah, I've debated it a couple times now. Like, it got burnt out the senior year of my high school career and went to college and was really burnt out from it and then kind of fell back in love with it. And and then that conversation going in the U20s, gosh, that was like two years after that. Also had a moment of like, I don't know if this is the way to go. or, And then summer of 2020, once again, man, I still don't know if this is the way to go. Like, But he continued to, the Lord continued to open up doors and and I, I really feel confident now after being in Iceland for seven months and um, now going to L.A., my whole mindset has changed so much of like, man, he really has gifted me in a lot of ways when it comes to soccer. Um, and I'm like really, really in tune right now to use that as a gift, um, use it as a platform um, to be able to build relationships with people I won't normally be able to have relationships with and be in a world where Jesus is not a common thing to talk about. It's more of a thing to bash in my world. So in, in this, along the way, um, through those highs and lows and those few times where it's like, oh man, maybe this is the end of it. And then the Lord would you know, open a door and fire it back up. What uh, can you think of, of maybe it's a specific, time or multiple specific stories is there a situation or illustration or maybe it's more vague like how have you seen your christian faith influence others at such an elite i mean we're talking about a fraction of a percent of people in the world of soccer you're this is such an elite world and but not a lot of believers and and you feel like the lord um uses that to minister to people in a specific way? Are there, um, how have you seen God use your your platform and your influence? Um, I think about the first example that comes to my mind because it's pretty recent is when I was in Iceland and I lived with three other people who are all foreigners as well, two Americans and, and then one girl from Switzerland. And, I mean, I'm not in Iceland unless I'm playing soccer mm-hmm. probably and. So we all get to live together, and we just spend a lot, a lot of time together and really get to know each other. And and through that, man, we had such good gospel-centered conversations because both of them, it was two of my roommates, and both of them are not believers. And But they, one of them knows a good bit about Christian faith, and the girl from Switzerland didn't really. Um, but I can remember being up a couple of times late, just having really, really good conversations with them that's that's not going to happen unless I mean the Lord's provided a way for me to get over there mm-hmm. um, and then yeah it's such a relational side of it with my teammates too like having them come over to the home and being able to talk with them about what they believe in and what they're putting their hope in and even in college and with my U20 team a lot with those guys um, definitely that U20 team like that's a rare rare opportunity to be a part of that team and go to the World Cup and spend as much time as I did with those guys. And we spend so much time in the hotel just hanging out and getting to know each other as people off the field. And that was a really, really big opportunity because we got to start having a Bible study every night and started with two of us. And by the time we left, the whole team was coming. And now a lot of them would just come for the social part of it, but they were still coming. And we would read right from the Word and just talk about the stories that we were reading and 
just really, really, I had a great time doing that. And I'm hoping that that'll be something that um, the Lord opens up again in L.A. with that team because I'm going to be spending a lot of time. And so it is such a big relational thing. And um, I'm hoping that we talk about it like telling truth and love, um, being able to share the gospel with these guys, but in a loving way that they still trust me and mm-hmm. and come to me with stuff. And mm-hmm. even though we might not agree on a lot of stuff. Yeah, conversation we had the other night in the car on the way to Laley's game about um, there are going to be times where you you have to speak the truth to not compromise the truth, but you've established that relationship of trust so you can say something lovingly and they don't feel like you're attacking them, you know, for their sexuality or their yeah. uh, be- belief system or whatever. And man, I'll go back for a second when you were when you were over there playing in that World Cup with the United States under twenty, the U twenty national team. I remember that. I mean, we would we would FaceTime and you've got like a gathering of girls in your room that you'd have never met any of those girls outside of soccer. Yep. One of them came to faith in Jesus and has continued her journey of discipleship. Um, and I've had multiple conversations with her. You've introduced her to our yep. family and she's married now and her and her husband are serving the Lord and like just want people to be encouraged. You you might be listening to this and you're a school teacher or you work in a manufacturing job or you run a small business uh, you're a student, a high school student, you're a college student, you're whatever it is. God's given you opportunities, gifts, and relationships and resources to, to just be a light in a dark place. One thing I'll say about Katie is she is a light wherever she goes. And that, that's something that I want I want our listeners to be encouraged to do and be. And you get ready to go now to this. And, and I think probably the the, every time you step up, it gets harder as far as, you know, gospel impact to, to 17, 18, and 19-year-olds. Um, is It looks different than gospel impact to, to average age. is going to be 25, 26, professional athlete who's lived in this world. Um, yeah, these are going to be grown women who know what they believe in mm-hmm. and want to do something about it. Yep. Yep. And it's going to be pretty crunk. Uh, contrary to mm-hmm. the gospel. Yeah, in your worldview. The Lord's going to go with you. And, yep. uh, I'm who, excited. Yeah, who knows what stories are going to come out of this. I know. It's funny, we talked about it, how knowing that L.A. was a possibility, but so was Europe. Mm-hmm. I spent so much time praying mm-hmm. that it wouldn't work out. <laughs> but I was like, but if it does, like, all right, like right, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And... Be joyful about it and and serve in that way, and it worked out. And let's go. We're going, yeah. Let's and I've gotten go. so much. Even when I signed the contract, I was really, really nervous about it. And moving to LA and the whole opportunity playing here in the states, knowing that it's going to be pretty difficult. But man, I've gotten really, really pumped for it these last few weeks. As yeah. it gets closer, been training, mm-hmm. working. See you down there running sprints on the road. Yep. It's crazy. Well, everybody can follow this journey. Um, 
literally all you got to do is go to ESPN and follow, you know, and, and go to women's soccer. I'm going to be, uh, um, because of Tuck's football journey, I'm, I bought a subscription to The Athletic, which is a really good sports uh, journalism um, outlet, and, and you pick your team, your sport, your team. So, you know, I'm just, I've been following the, the teams that have recruited Tuck. I'm going to start following the Angel City Football Club. And uh, exciting. So, uh, when does the season? When does training start? Training camp, and when are the when will the first games be? Preseason starts February first, twenty two. Yes, and they they don't have a schedule yet, but this past year it started in April. Okay, right at the beginning of April through the month of October, and then so playoffs are in November, okay. and only half the teams make that. So exciting! So. Follow Katie's journey and uh, and root for her. And I would ask you to pray for her and pray for her impact in this in this world, this elite world of exceptional athletes. And and then and then also not just I, I would ask twofold prayer. Um, pray for Katie as as she is a light among the world, you know, within the world of professional soccer to her teammates, to her to, to club staff and coaches. But also the platform this is going to give, we talked about this, to to young girls. They're going to look up yeah. to thousands. It's going to be awesome. It's yeah. going to be really great. Because I kind of got that platform in Knoxville, and I loved it. It was great because I like kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a big population over there. Yeah, it's going to be mm-hmm. a really, really huge opportunity with younger girls. Mm-hmm. So cool. I mean, there's some there's some girl out there right now in L.A., some 8, 10, 12, maybe even an older teenager, 15, 16-year-old girl, doesn't know it. But because of your faithfulness to go do this, follow this dream and use this, steward this gifting, the Lord's going to give you impact and influence, and this girl's going to come to faith in Jesus. And she's going to take inspiration from you. Or there's a girl over there who's already following. the. She's a Christian. She's professed faith in Jesus, but she's struggling to be bold. She's going to see it. It's going to in, inspire and encourage her. And that's that's so exciting. Um, crazy. Crazy that there will be a point where multiple elite athletes have come out of this house and this holler and are impacting that world yeah. while – Kilby and Greg are in the dark continent, you know, with, with Bush people. Mm-hmm. It just, the Lord is so diverse in the way he gifts and then sins. You know, I just love yep. that. So thankful. Thanks for sitting down with me. We're at the kitchen table. Apologize for the background noise, including the dogs and whatever else you might have heard. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for the Americano. Katie, Tom. About once a week, Katie brings me a triple tall Americano when she goes to the coffee shop. My favorite drink. Black. A lot of caffeine. Mm-hmm. A little <laughs> joke. A little joke. And then Katie always trying to get me to go work out with her. I ain't, try, I ain't trying to run with an elite soccer player. Trying to help him stay fit. <sighs> <laughs> I've done some of those uh, assault bike workout splits that you do. <laughs> Again. I about puke. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. You know, half a century old, and big dogs getting them going. Love it and hate it at the same time. That's right. One day you were like, Spencer Spencer likes to go running with me. I'm like, Spencer weighs a buck 40, buck 50, <laughs> and is a runner. He's a runner person, you know. He likes to go jogging for fun. <laughs> I'm like, y'all enjoy. Y'all have a ball. You go You go get after it. But hey, I didn't say I enjoy it. I do like watching I do it because it's necessary. I like to watch you do the sprint workouts on there. That's intense. 
Come hop in. I'm, I'm just going to sit here with my Americano. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank y'all for tuning in. And uh, yeah, thanks, Katie. Oh, man, I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, you need to make sure. So we've got Katie's highlights linked in the episode notes. And also, make sure you follow the Angel City Football Club uh, this upcoming season. It'll be starting here in a few months, run through the summer and into the fall. And um, and make sure you, you uh, follow that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited. And it'll be, for the first time in my life, I will be a professional women's soccer fan. And I can't wait to, to keep up with that. I want to do a giveaway Today I want to read a um, I want to read a review that was left on the let's see this was left on I think the Apple podcast um, platform this is from Hannah Jordan uh, this was November fifth if you're looking for preaching that is solid solidly rooted in truth that champions the gospel of Christ and that will put a smile on your face while you're being called out convicted and emboldened to proclaim truth then you're at the right podcast thank you Snowbird for diligence of getting these materials out for all. I'm so thankful to sit under the teaching even when I'm far away. So we're going to send Hannah Jordan some swag. Hannah, if you'll reach out, we will uh, get your mailing info and send that to you. And uh, make sure um, that you, uh, all, all of you, that you leave a review or share this on, a, on, on your favorite social media platform and, and get your name into running for some slow swag. Um, thanks for listening. And, uh, Excited about this season. I love the holidays and Christmas and New Year and everything that's that's in front of us. And excited for a new year of, of life and ministry, and hope that NSR will be a part of that um, in your in your weekly routine. Um, thanks for support. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at SWOutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.